Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. From Pineapple Street Studios, it's the 11th. I'm Grace Chen, and I'm the marketing manager at Pineapple. First-time host, long-time listener. The 11 team decided to take a little break this month and catch their breath after making 11 different shows in 11 months. And when they were like, should we put anything in the feed? I was like, yes, please, let me take it. Because there are a couple of new things our colleagues here at Pineapple have been making this year that I really think you'll all like. Okay, so we're always making new shows at Pineapple, like the multi-part series about one of the most sophisticated con artists in the world called Persona. This is a strange question, but through the door of the stall in the bathroom or through the door of the bathroom? Est-ce que vous savez si c'est à travers la porte de la salle de bain ou des toilettes en elle-même fin de la toilette, des toilettes. Elle devait s'enfermer dans les toilettes et elle devait entrebâiller la porte et remettre la sacoche. No, so it was in the stall. Or like our historical documentary on the Crown Heights riots called Love Thy Neighbor. Uh, as I speak now even, I can see a plume of smoke rising from northern end of Utica Avenue, closer to Union Street. Riots are never just about one discrete incident. We want to zoom out, examine the anatomy of a riot, and put what happened into a much larger context. There are two new shows in particular that I think are perfect summer listens, one for a long road trip and the other for cooking out in the backyard or in the park. The first is a big documentary series, two full years in the making here. It's called Project Unibomb. And yes, it's about the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, the math genius who dropped out of society, built a cabin in Montana, and then went on a bombing rampage that lasted for 17 years. And the thing about Project Unibomb is that even if you've heard of Kaczynski, there is so much more to the story than any of us have realized. There are extensive interviews with Ted Kaczynski's brother, David, who for a long time tried to live like Ted in a hole in the desert in Texas, a literal hole in the dirt. There are stories from FBI agents all about the frustrations and squabbling that was happening during the investigation. And there is a totally wild story about a group of young guys in Chicago who were the very first suspects in the Unibomb investigation, a group of guys who got together to play Dungeons and Dragons. The show is hosted by Eric Benson, one of the reporters for the true crime show Suspect. So today, we're going to play you a clip from the show. It's all about the decision to publish the Unabomber's manifesto in the largest newspapers in the country. Take a listen. Thursday, June 29th, 1995. It's a gray morning in Washington, D.C., a little cold for early summer. Don Graham leaves his house in Cleveland Park and arrives at the offices of the Washington Post before 9 a.m. His family has owned the Post for three generations. Now it's his paper. He's the publisher and CEO. I came to work and had a call from the chief of staff to the director of the FBI. Louis Free was FBI director at the time. And his chief of staff was a man I had never heard of named Bob Bucknam. Bob called me and said, if you go down to your mailroom you will find a package addressed to someone at the Washington Post. We believe it is from the person called the Unabomber. And I said, hold the phone. I called Len Downey, the editor of the paper, 
Len Downey wasn't surprised by what Graham told him. We had been warned by the FBI that the New York Times had gotten such a package, and so the building was on alert. Downey had been at the Post for over three decades, working his way up from summer intern to executive editor. Along the way, he oversaw Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein as the Watergate scandal was unfolding. But this was new even for him. Downey's office had a glass wall facing the newsroom. It was basically the exposed nerve center of the paper. All the reporters and editors could see in. Did everyone in the newsroom pretty quickly find out about this? Yes. That's what happens in newsrooms. You know, a pin drops in one corner of the newsroom, everybody goes to see what happened. I think we were just all talking about it. And of course, I was immediately assigning somebody to cover the story. That week, the Unabomber was already the biggest story in the world, and he hadn't even set off a bomb. A couple days earlier, the San Francisco Chronicle had received a short letter that read, Warning. The terrorist group FC, called Unabomber by the FBI, is planning to blow up an airliner out of Los Angeles International Airport sometime during the next six days. The government says there is a credible threat that a passenger jet may be bombed. The Unabomber targeted an airliner once before. In 1979, a bomb exploded in the cargo hold of an American Airlines jet, forcing an emergency landing at Washington's Dulles International Airport. Twelve people were injured. The LAX threat sent the world spinning. All airmail was grounded today in the state of California. We're focusing on parcels. I don't think we have the manpower to look at every single piece of mail by any means. LAX was a mess. Bags got extra screening, flights were delayed. Police asked passengers to show their IDs, which, believe it or not, in 1995 was an extreme security measure. If you don't have picture ID, then we are requiring that your bags be physically searched. But then, that night, the Unabomber took the whole thing back. Another letter from the Unabomber arrived, this time to the New York Times. He said the LAX threat was a prank, intended to, quote, remind them who we are. Now he has seen he can toy with the entire nation. If indeed all he wants is attention, the terrorist killer known as the Unabomber must be happy tonight. So on that gray Thursday morning, when Graham and Downey realize there is a package from the Unabomber in their mailroom, the only thing that's clear is the Unabomber is in charge, and he's relishing that fact. Inside of that package, there isn't a bomb. Instead, they find a 56-page single-spaced essay entitled Industrial Society and Its Future. The FBI immediately came over, a whole bunch of FBI agents. Uh, uh, everybody in the newsroom was, uh, you know, was sort of on alert to something going on in the building that might be dangerous. Uh, and they, uh, they took the manifesto away. A few hours later, the FBI brought back a copy for the Post. Soon, Xeroxed manifestos were on the desks of the key decision makers in the building. I think we had it immediately set into type somehow uh, so that we would have other copies of it and so we could print the whole thing if we ever needed to. I got a copy, I started to read it, and I said to myself, Jesus. Don Graham was in his office at the Post. The manifesto spread out on his desk. If you work in a senior role in a newspaper, you get one or two of these letters every month, which is a long essay by somebody who usually is fixated on his own criminal case or the evil his wife is doing to him or an unjust verdict from a judge. And it's usually written very clearly, but uh, I read this and I said, well, I, 
It appeared to me to be the writings of somebody who had all the answers to everything in the world. It was clear that this was a very smart but very disturbed person. Okay, so that was Project Unabomb, perfect for a long drive or maybe a hike in the woods. If you want to hear the rest of the show, listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Project Unabom is an Apple original podcast produced by Pineapple Street Studios. Okay, and I've got one more clip for you. In the spirit of the 11th, something totally new and different. This one from a show we've been making here at Pineapple that is perfect for when you're in the kitchen or grilling in the backyard. It's called Borderline Salty. So Borderline Salty is a weekly cooking show. It's hosted by Rick Martinez and Carla Lally Music, and it's just a guaranteed good time. It's so much fun. They're two best friends who love cooking together, and they have encountered every kitchen mishap imaginable. And now they're taking on listeners' questions to help everyone become a better cook. The hosts share their latest ingredient sessions, their hot takes on latest food trends, and how they recovered from total kitchen nightmares. We're going to give you a little taste right now. Here's a clip from Borderline Salty. A lot of the questions we get here on the show are people opening up to us about what has gone wrong for them in the kitchen. In this next segment called Total Kitchen Nightmare, we'll be bringing on a crew of people who we are inspired by to share their own kitchen meltdowns. (laughs) But before we get into all of those, we thought it would only be fair for us to tell our own. Part of the cooking journey is about trial and error. Mm -hmm. You have to fail. You have to have that complete and total meltdown, practically burning your kitchen down. (laughs) And then you realize, aha, I am never going to do that again. Oh, yeah. It's been a really long road. There are lots of bumps in that road. And you just learn from it and get better. Bumpy roads indeed. Uh, So, Rick, I'm throwing it to you. I want to hear about the bumpy roads, the lumpy batters, the the burning down the house. Oh, goody. I get to go first. Well, (laughs) funny enough, this story actually involves you. Oh. Back in our, our Bon Appetit days, we used to have daily tastings. And so every day at 3 o'clock, Carla and some of the senior editors would assemble in our tasting room and Test Kitchen editors would get their meals together, get all of their dishes prepped and ready to go. And at three o'clock, we just had a a list of who was going to be serving. And so, you know, there were heroics, Mm -hmm. there were egos, Mm -hmm. there were moments of showing off and we all did it. And so this one particular day, I think I had like seven or eight dishes that I needed to present. And one of them was this Italian plum cake, which I absolutely adore. Italian plums are late season. They're super flavorful and delicious. And I was very excited about this cake. But I wasn't focused. I wasn't in the moment. I was thinking about all of the things that needed to get done to get the the dishes out on time. And I did something. Actually, I'm not exactly sure. (laughs) I can only believe that I put too much butter or not enough flour. Okay. In any case, I put the cake in the oven. And about midway through, 
Chris Morocco started sniffing. He's like a hound dog. Totally. Like, you know when he starts sniffing, something is afoot. And I was like, oh, God, what is that? And I smelled something burning, and I was like, oh, shit. There's smoke (laughs) coming out of my oven. And so, you know, in the vein of showing off and also not wanting to show failure, Mm -hmm. I quickly pulled that cake out of the oven, saw that it had basically boiled over and spilled onto the floor of the oven and was burning. Oh, my God. I literally threw the cake pan with the unbaked cake into my drawer in my island (laughs) Scraped up all the <laughs> shit on the bottom of the oven, threw it <laughs> into another drawer. Oh my god! And then quickly acted like nothing was happening. Wow! Claire started to like walk over. I'm like, why do I smell cake? Are you making a cake? And I'm like, me? No, no, no. I'm making enchiladas, obviously. And no one was the wiser. I definitely had no idea that you had like had you know, what we used to lovingly refer to as the char of the day. Right, right. You know, I think for me, what I took away from that moment is that you really need to be present when you're not focused on what you're doing. Like, I mean, A, it can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Cooking involves fire, it involves sharp knives. And if you are preoccupied with something else, good or bad, and you're not in the moment, you can hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. Right. But minimally, you're probably going to fuck up your recipe. And so now I know that if I'm in a bad mood, whatever I'm doing is not going to be good. So I might as well just wait until I'm clear and I'm focused on what I'm doing and my food will turn out much better. Yeah. Multitasking, like honestly, our brains are not set up for it. So to juggle seven dishes like that is very difficult, but you solved it in the perfect way. So if this happened at a dinner party, you did exactly what I would want someone to do, which is throw the cake away and just serve ice cream. (laughs) Okay. That sounds like you have a kitchen nightmare that you want to share. Yeah. Stay tuned. Mine was uh, definitely a party. (laughs) And there you have it. Two of the newest shows from our friends and colleagues here at Pineapple, Project Unibomb and Borderline Salty. But truly, we're always trying to make sure we have something for everyone to listen to. Whether you're looking for pop culture, true crime, or food, or music, or like last month on the 11th, sci-fi drama. So search for Pineapple Street Studios wherever you get your podcasts and click around. I promise you'll find something you like. That's it for this month on the 11th. I'm Grace Chen, and the show will be back next month with something entirely new and entirely different. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University of Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. 
That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University Maryland's forensic science programs today.